Welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I'm your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. And I am your co-host, Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I'm your Cobra intern who does not care like a bear, codename Legion Cub. And we are Audible Interlude. We should, we should start doing a thing where all three of us say that at the same time. <laughs> or the, like the AI Because we're pod. so good with our timing. Right. Yeah, we are really like masters of, of synchronicity. If if anything, we would be on the G.I. Joe synchronized swimming team. Yes. Uh, all right. What do we got here? I lost. There it is. OK. Needless Things YouTube channel where you can catch us every other week for a live stream. Uh, we try and be very uh, inclusive and participatory. If you're in the chat, we'll we'll interact with you. We'll take your suggestions. Uh, if you follow Audible Interlude Podcast on Instagram, that's the best way to keep up with news and what's going on with the show and with G.I. Joe in general. And every time we're doing a live stream, earlier in the day, we'll put up a sound off post where we'll take suggestions of what to talk about from you guys. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at G.I. Joe Audible. Uh, but right uh, on that Needless Things YouTube channel, tons and tons of toy reviews besides uh, those G.I. Joe live streams. New G.I. Joe reviews up all the time. The Super 7 Ultimates Wave 1, Crimson Bat, any day now, the current wave with CoverGirl and Barbecue and all that business will be up. Uh, I reviewed the Super 7 Cobra Escape April Fool's Pack. Uh, so check that out. Like, subscribe, share, tell your friends about Needless Things YouTube channel. Uh, we have shirts available. Our merchandise is on T Public, uh, although it will soon be on an Audible Interlude. Uh, oh shoot, what's it called? We'll have a website where you can buy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's not well. Actually, as of this recording, it probably will be set up. So check out Audible Interlude Podcast uh, on Instagram for a link. Uh, but we've got several different shirts, including some Joe Fest exclusive merchandise uh, that may be up for pre-order right now. Uh, last week, we did an interview with Whiskey Jack Toys, who are behind the Legends of the Hidden Force O-Ring toy line based around ninjas and martial artists. That was great. It is available in video form on the Needless Things YouTube channel and on audio uh, wherever you get your podcasts. So our next live stream is going to be on April the 24th. By this time, we should know exactly who is going to be on it because it's just two days from now. <laughs> uh, the audio version of that will be available the following Friday. And then our next all audio episode will be the Friday after that. Uh, we are currently still working on our Joe Fest plans. We will officially be part of Joe Fest uh, in what capacity we're working on it. Some things are confirmed. Some things are still kind of waiting on. Uh, and then also, we will once again be part of Cobra Convergence. Noel, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, Cobra Convergence, of course, the brainchild of Hooded Cobra Commander 788, uh, a, a prolific Joe YouTuber. Uh, he and uh, several other Joe YouTubers got together several years back for the first time to uh, do a collaboration and uh, we are very proud to be part of that for the second year in a row, uh, going with a, a new theme this year. Every year, there's sort of some kind of a theme, um, and this year, it's going to be a lot of fun to uh, reveal that theme later on. 
So that is a whole, the whole month of July is going to be jam packed with special collaborative GI Joe content. Uh, our June 19th live stream hooded Cobra commander 788 will be our very special guest for the entire episode. He will be participating in all of our segments, uh, in our sound off everything. Uh, and then our Cobra convergence episode, uh, our live stream on Sunday, July 16th will be based around the theme of this year's Cobra Convergence. Uh, and you know how we do. We're going to come up with our own way to address this specific theme. Put our own spin on it. That's right. Uh, all right, you guys. Well, I think that's uh, all, all of the housekeeping we needed to do. Let's move on into these segments. This is Rank and File Card, where we go back and look at the original file cards of the G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero figures, starting with 1982. Uh, we've made a decent dent in the 82 file cards so far. This week brings us to rock and roll. Christian, do you want to uh, run down some of rock and roll's information? All right. So rock and roll, uh, or as I like to refer to him, the founder of the Beard Brigade of G.I. Joe. <laughs> File name, Craig S. McConnell. Uh, SN number RA9890914529. And I believe we have said as we go along, uh, with later releases of these figures, we are going to check and see if the serial numbers stayed the same. Uh, his grade is an E5, birthplace, Malibu, California. Primary specialty is infantry with a secondary specialty PT instructor. Um, which, which is, is pretty interesting first. because... yeah. It it well it lends itself to the idea that he's like a body guy like a workout yeah. guy yeah. uh which is which is something that has sort of come and gone in the mythology a little bit and certainly you know these original figures basically all had the exact same body type right they at this point we we didn't have bigger guys uh which is one but of the things you're sure doing classified yeah <laughs> well, right that's what, well that's, that's what i was thinking that's what this made me think of is they really lean into that with his classified figure. Yeah. I, I love that. You know, that's one of the things I love about classified is we are getting different body types where, you know, come on fat bazooka. <laughs> We're waiting. Uh, although I don't, I don't know if anybody would agree that we need a third bazooka at this point. Yeah, probably uh, <laughs> So yeah, that I I it was interesting to see that because as we've said as we've gone along, a lot of these, most of these, I haven't revisited since I was a kid. It's not like I just sat down with the file cards. I I when I was a kid, I cut them out, I put them in the little recipe box, and they kind of just stayed in there. I I don't know if I really read them beyond that very first time. You know, every once in a while on yojo.com, maybe I'd pull them up to look for something, but but these are distant information in my brain yeah as a kid i saved these and i poured over them not that it always influenced my head canon 
for play, um, but I love information. Um, but once they were gone, the file cards have kind of been like a forgotten element. I mean, even how many episodes ago was it? I totally don't remember the file cards being on the back of the 25th anniversary figures. And yep, there they were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So rock and roll was a surfer in Malibu prior to enlistment. He was also a weightlifter and played bass guitar in local rock bands is familiar with all NATO and Warsaw packed light and heavy machine guns. He graduated advanced infantry infantry training at the top of its class specialized education covert ops school okay so off the top of your head what sticks out so different from this top part of his file card from there's no list of specific weapons yeah all nato and warsaw pack light and heavy machine guns well and i think we got Rock and roll has a lot more personality stuff here than some of the True. other Joes that we've looked at so far. It was Larry Hama clearly had a little more fun with him because the whole like first half of the paragraph in that part is just personality stuff. And then he has a much longer, you know, note from Hawk or whatever uh, than some of the other Joes here. Right. So rock and roll is cunning, but naive forceful but shy possesses a strong sense of loyalty to his teammates and is sincerely concerned about their well-being a man of honor and integrity who could be counted on to hold the line and see i think this is also a much more detailed description from hawk than we've had you know the other ones it's been like what i consider one or two lines of fluff um, but there's, uh, as an adult and reading this, there's something about that very first part, the cunning, but naive that just sticks out to me like a car crash. Cause that is, that was not my play pattern at all. You could tell that, uh, General Hawk really loved machine uh, machine gunner rock and roll. I'm sorry, Larry Hama really loved machine gunner <laughs> rock and roll yeah. because he took some care. Also, the 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 first part of his bio where it talks about him being a surfer in Malibu, uh, weightlifter, and playing bass guitar in local rock bands. We totally miscast him at Joe. Uh, oh Joe no! Man. Don't he say is. it. No, <laughs> don't say it. Oh, brother. <laughs> what you gonna do? If only it said Venice Beach. Man, <laughs> oh, you're right. I hate it, but you're right. Uh, so yeah, this is a lot of characterization for rock and roll, which did, I, I always liked rock and roll. The blonde beard made him stand yeah. out. The crossed ammo belts were such a cool feature, but this and unique because um, he was the only figure that had that. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, this just makes him stand out even more. I, I think it's a uh, uh, again, Larry Hama put a little bit extra in, into this character. Uh, I one of the most fun file cards that we've read so far, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the image, which we I, I think a couple of times we've forgotten to talk about the image that's on the file card, which is, of course, the, the card art from the front of the card. Uh, just looking tough and serious and holding that big giant machine gun. 
solid art. Every single one of these, uh, the this this art. I mean, this was one of the things that hooked so many of us on GI Joe was that card yeah. art. Yeah, those, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, those those great facial expressions, those awesome poses, and the big explosion in the background. I mean, how could you not go buy that thing? Uh oh man. Hang on, I missed. Uh... <clears throat> okay, uh, our input, the the my, my favorite feature of this segment, the input from my dad. Retired Lieutenant Colonel Thomas E. West, codename Mongoose. Uh, I sent him these file cards, and he is, as a former military man, taking a look at the information on them and just sharing his thoughts, whatever he thinks of what's on here. Uh, For this one, he said that the grade is appropriate to training, experience, and responsibilities, which is interesting because usually he says that the grade is a little low for for what they are. So rock and roll, pretty uh, on point. But then he says, forceful but shy characteristic doesn't make sense. Based on <laughs> description, I don't see how shyness could be a trait. Maybe he's not that conversational, but that doesn't mean he's shy. And I think that's a very good point. And also, yeah. the cutting and naive is a little weird as well. And I, I guess Larry Hama was trying to get across the idea that uh, rock and roll is, is layers like an onion. He liked to throw contradictions in there. That was one thing that, that Larry, it was one of his trademarks. But yeah, forceful but shy is, I I, I agree. That just doesn't work. <laughs> well, but maybe out in the field, that's when it kicks in because he is a weightlifter, right? So there is an element of getting your mind oh, no. in that zone. But he's, I don't know. He's also the bass player. And at least all the bass players I know are Man, attention hounds. This, like, I hate to bring it back here. Uh-oh. But back to what Noel said, forceful but shy, much like Rip in no holds barred <laughs> that's right <laughs> when he's in that awkward bedroom scene with that young lady uh, he is forceful but he is shy clearly we have determined that hulk hogan must play rock and roll <laughs> good lord that's it we're shutting this thing down we're done <laughs> we have crossed that line <laughs> i mean his theme song was written by a guy who also wrote rock and roll hoochie coo so come on <laughs> oh man i think we should probably move on <laughs> This is a singular segment that perhaps will never be repeated because I think once we've talked it out here, we're pretty much done with it, but we're going to call it Rules of Engagement. And what I mean by that is we're going to sit here and we're, ta- we're going to talk about each of our personal rules for collecting, uh, including some hypotheticals, like what if we were to collect this thing in this way, how would we go about it? Uh, and so... First, I want to talk just in general with collecting. For me personally, I collect loose. Uh, I don't have any interest in uh, mint in box or mint on card. 
Uh, matter of fact, I, I avoid when I'm, we're talking about vintage Joe's, uh, I've talked about this with you guys before. I specifically avoid vintage stuff that has the box with it because I know somebody out there wants those boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I can, like if this smaller that I got had had the box with it, I, it would have been less likely that I would have bought it because I don't want to have that box when I know somebody else wants it. And I don't want to go through the trouble of selling the box or trying to move it or, or whatever. I'd rather just find a mauler in decent shape with no box. So I, I don't have any interest in the packaging really at all. I mean, it's beautiful. I, if look, if I lived in a giant 50 room mansion or whatever, one of those rooms would be dedicated to vintage GI Joe packaging. Uh, <laughs> But that is not the case here. So, yeah, for the, me, it's it's all it's all loose. The box thing for me, like I I almost because I've got a few pieces that I picked up recently that had the original packaging. Um, I had the GI Joe headquarters I got uh, last year at the at the toy swap um, had the original box, but like, what am I going to do with it? Thing is, I can't bring myself to get rid of it. Right, but it's right. just sitting there. I've got a, a thruster, the GoBots thruster that I got super cheap on eBay in its original box, and the box is really nice. And I want to display it, but I don't have room to display it. So it's like, what am I going to do with it? I got to flatten it out and just stick it like in a you know between two shelves somewhere. And and that's not to say that because I've talked about this before. I do have some like mint on card action figures that i've gotten signed or if it's something really special and unique like a glow in the dark figure or the super seven reaction figures like that stuff to me that's almost a different collectible item for the super sevens to have those card backs and everything uh so there you know there are exceptions but in general i want to open everything and get it out and play with it christian yeah so I spent, I would say, most of my 20s as a mint on card collector. Really? Did I know this? No. Um, Wow. Like, like when I, so we're talking, like, man, from the mid-90s up to, like, probably 2000. 2009-ish um <clears throat> hardcore men on card um the house that me and my roommates had actually it was a five-bedroom house it was pretty dang big um so I had one bedroom just for my collection and it was just packages of figures wow from what were you collecting what wasn't I collecting oh really honestly. well because I did I from 1992 till 2012 um besides going to school and or slash having a full-time job i always worked part-time at comic shops or toy shops okay and so um star wars marvel legends transformers gi well i was actually until the 25th i was kind of not collecting gi joe um a crap ton of japanese figures anything i could get my hands on in the early days of ebay that was sentai or giant robots um yeah star wars it it my collecting was 
kind of crazy. Um, you know, you just sparked a memory in me talking about getting toys from comic shops because that was uh, in the late 90s, probably early 2000s, if like there were so many toys that were only coming through previews mm-hmm. or, or direct mm-hmm. direct to comic shops, like <clears throat> a lot of the sideshow stuff at first, um, tons of import stuff. And I just like hit me like a smack in the head. My first exposure to Dragon Ball Z, something that I am not a fan of, by the way, but my first exposure to Dragon Ball Z, Titan Comics had model kits where you, it came on a sprue Mm -hmm. and you cut them apart and made an action figure Yep. And put a rubber costume on it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what Dragon Ball Z was. I just knew I wanted to build this super articulated action figure with this wild, like, rubber outfit. And I got, I'm, I'm sure one of them was Goku. I don't know what the other one was. I got two of them. Okay, one of them was Goku and one of them was a guy in a blue outfit with blonde hair i don't know i don't know who these people mm. are but anyway i I just bought them because i wanted to build figures yeah and i had a blast doing it they were great and then once i finally saw dragon ball z i was so disappointed <laughs> that i put those figures in a box and oh my never gosh to, i don't I, had, I don't i have no idea what happened to them i i had the uh good chunk uh of the over here called Mega Man, but they did a line of Mega Man figures. Like oh that. man. But previews didn't carry them. We were so lucky here in Orlando in our little Saigon area, there was uh, literally a mom and pop um that owned a J pop store. Oh and yeah yeah once mm-hmm. a month they would fly back over to Japan and visit with their family and just come back with suitcases. So you were sort of like at their mercy of whatever they, of whatever they could find. But like, that's how I got most of my car robots for transformers. Yeah, That's, there was a store like that where I got my car robots. House of anime, house of anime. That's it. It was on pleasant Hill, right? Pleasant Hill road in Duluth. It's like, I would, I would, I was working, in a mall for a while and you know i was i would just hit it on my way home about once a week and they they got a lot of those imports like the the japanese car robots which to me was the most amazing thing ever because they were doing like licensed transformer cars again i bought 20 years later we realized how terrible those toys were (laughs) i bought uh i still have my shockwave but it's the american release uh I bought a number of things from them because I they they would all it was always interesting even though I wasn't huge into any of the like Japanese stuff it was always interesting to stop in there and see what they had. I bought a transformer that is a raccoon alarm clock. Yes. What is it? He's a he's a tanuki. He's a tanuki. Yeah, and he can time travel. Yes. Heinken, I bought it Heinken, just because Heinke, I was like, it's like a that. raccoon that's a clock. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he's so amazing. I love yeah. that figure. Yeah, I got uh, several of the um the 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 Beast Wars like Neo stuff that was coming out at the time too, that were those the wacky 
transforming animals there was a giraffe and there was a rabbit and um you know they didn't sell those in the united states oh yeah 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 Yeah. so that that's where i got a lot of those too so i think it was i had started going to dragon con at this at this point so well i my first dragon con was 2007 so i guess i've been going to dragon con for a while anyway in in one of our late night conversations with my dragon con family you know talking about our our toys and our collections and all that that light switch just went off and when i got back to orlando if it was on a bubble it got opened oh so you had a mad opening spree i did i did for Mm. weeks now most of the japanese import stuff comes in resealable packaging and that's sort of the stance that I have now. Like, I want to open everything up. I want to be able to play with it. I want to be able to photograph it. Um, when it comes to stuff like SH Figure Arts or Ultra Axe or even Super 7 Ultimates, there are just so many accessories yeah. packed with them. So having resealable packaging that I can put them back in and make sure that everything is there instead of it all going into a bin and trying to figure out what piece goes with what figure. Dude, dude, come on now. And <laughs> I, this is this gets to another rule of collecting that I have only recently developed. You got to get those Mylar bags for the accessories. I, <laughs> yeah. Every time I open a figure... I play, I do my review. I play around with it. I figure out how I'm going to put it on the shelf and every accessory that doesn't go on the shelf. I've got Mylar bags that I ordered. I can't remember what the website is. I I should, uh, you know what? No, I don't feel like going in there. (laughs) There's a website. Well, maybe we'll put it in the show notes or I'll share it on audible interlude podcast on Instagram. Uh, I went through. Yeah, Noel. There's a store. Uh, in Norcross that sells oh. these bags there are it's a fixtures store no kidding. Um, yeah that sells these bags like two dollars and something for like a hundred four by sixes I probably paid way more than that <laughs> for the ones I got because the, the place I ordered from is marketing to toy collectors so they yep. know we're big suckers uh but yeah and and I I will take a sharpie I write which figure it is, even if, even if it has an alternate portrait. So I know it's star Lord or Duke or whatever. I write it on there, which series it's from, put all the accessories in the bag and then the bags go in a bit. Oh, see, I, I went through <clears throat> buying um, like jewelry dividers, like in the arts and crafts sections where they sell the bins that have the built-in dividers. I know the listeners can't see this. <laughs> But I am holding up a Mylar bag. The only thing in it is Zorana's wig. And it is but, labeled Zorana. And it is labeled Zorana. Um, but but it is in a bag. And it is safe. And it is uh, not going anywhere. Yeah. These bags are... Dude, they've changed everything. Because uh, what what led me to do this is two things. One... I realized I just had so many accessories. It was just insanity. And and if I needed to find something, I just couldn't. And two, uh, my son wanted to, he he does a lot of like a lot more customization than I do. And if I've got a head, I'm not using, he, you know, he wants to, yeah. Hey, can I use this? So now 
instead of digging through the same 8,000 parts 10 times, he just looks for the bag with the corresponding head or whatever. Like, it's just a better way to live. Hmm. So, yes, put the now don't use sandwich bags. No, because they have acid in them that can affect these accessories negatively. And that was the mistake I made at first is I just bought little snack bags and was putting everything in there. Uh, and then I read that the acid in those can mess up your toys. So you got to get those Mylar bags. Uh, all right. So I think that covers our, uh, we are mostly loose people with an exception here and there. And well, like you were saying, I don't know why I keep holding things up to the camera. Cause we're not on YouTube. <laughs> uh, but like the, the Cobra escape pack that I talked about on our last live stream, uh, I opened them up. I played around with them. And I did my review, but they're going back in the box because the box is so nice and they display very well in the box. So that's going to go up on the shelf. Uh, with the pyramid of darkness and you know other box super seven stuff so there are exceptions to the rule but for the most part everything in this room has been opened up well when i first got back into toy collecting was when star wars power of the force came out back in the mid 90s and when i started collecting those they all went up on my wall with little push pin where yes yes and, Mm -hmm. and i had i and then one day i just was like why am i doing this uh, you know, of course, you, you're you thinking, oh, these are going to be worth a ton of money one day. Wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that you could still buy those. You could still like buy those for less. Yeah, for less than retail. Um, but yeah, so I just one day I, I opened them all up and I stuck them on a shelf and it was, you know, it was never the same. I was like, all right, you know, if I'm going to have these now, they instead of taking up an entire wall of my house, it could be, you know, posters or whatever. Yeah. Now I have like one shelf that they all fit on and I can interact with them and I can rearrange them every, every now and then and set up little scenes. Uh, So as far as Joe goes, uh, I think we've established kind of where we started with Joe. I was, I was an 82 to 87 guy uh, Mm -hmm. with a couple of 88 figures. Noel. Uh, Yep. 82 to 87. I, pretty much stopped collecting after there was no more cartoon media christian yeah so 82 and well you came back into it because of your brother though right so that's the hard part i would say probably through 92 because i never stopped yeah. collecting toys as a as no a i really i really didn't either my my joe stopped in 87 but that's when i switched to ninja turtles and then ninja turtles into toy biz x-men and then toy biz x-men into star wars and then right. I mean, it just it yeah it never really stopped yeah so i i was there was a pause you know i would say probably around like 87 88 but then by 90, maybe, my younger brother was already into G.I. Joe. So it, it it just seems like it's always been there. Yeah, I came back in in 97 with, as we've talked about on the show, the Stars and Stripes set mm-hmm. got me. And that Real American Hero collection, uh, all the Toys R Us exclusive stuff like that. I was, I've, I've been in since 97 
because uh, I've I've bought it all. I bought. Well, you know what? No, I did. I bought GI Joe Extreme figures. I bought whoever the main guy was and and Iron Claw just to do it, and I hated them, and they <laughs> went in a box immediately. Uh, I bought a Sigma Six Snake Eyes. Um, I bought some Sergeant Savage stuff. Uh, so yeah, I've I've been in Joe since you know ninety seven. Uh, I but... took a bigger. I took a break during that time period when you were getting back into it because I was 100% that guy going to the Toys R Us because I can remember seeing the Sergeant Savage, Sergeant Savage stuff on the shelves and just being like, who is buying this crap? Yeah, and I where's, look, I did. Where's the Joes that I know? I bought a few of the figures and they just they didn't really do it for me, but you know, I, I was willing to try pretty much anything with the GI Joe name on it. Uh, yeah, in but hindsight, I, I, I regret it because there are things during that time period. Now that I look at, Oh yeah. And my older oh, yeah. aesthetic is like, Oh dang. Yeah. I there's like some, some of the O-rings that came out between 97 and, and 2005. There's some really cool stuff. And I still, especially the vehicles out right now. Uh, yeah, I've got. A, I wish I had bought more of the vehicles. I've got some. Well, I remember like they they were selling the mobile command center the oh, reissue yeah, in like two thousand. Yeah. Was that two thousand two, two thousand three? I don't know, but I didn't buy it. Because yeah, I and I just felt I, like I didn't have space. They were they were clearancing them out at Toys R Us. For like they were fifteen like, bucks or something. Yeah, they were. It was insanely uh, cheap. But I was like, what am I gonna do with that? Right, right. <laughs> well, and that's that's kind of. Uh, during that era, I really wasn't buying too much big stuff because at the time I was in uh, from 96 to 2005, 2004. So 96 to 2004, I was in apartments and I moved a lot. And I just didn't buy much big stuff because I didn't have space and I didn't want to have to move it. Uh, I, I wanted, I wanted to be mobile, uh, because I, I tended to jet out of places when it was time to go. So I didn't, I didn't have a lot of larger items back then. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, definitely apartment I, living made it, made it a uh, very hard. And I mean, even like the first, my first condo I bought and, you know, I had one room that was my office slash toy room and I could fit a few things up there and that was pretty much it. I've spent so much money on storage units. See, I've never done the storage unit I, because to me, uh, no, well, okay. So the last apartment I was in, uh, this was actually a game changer had storage closets, but like mm -hmm. way bigger than a closet that you could rent as part of your rent. Mm -hmm. And it was very, I don't remember. It was like, it might've been 25 bucks a month. It was very, very affordable, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And I was able to get a storage closet right across from my apartment. So at that point I had totes of stuff and I no longer had excuses for not buying larger things. Uh, and that was great. I, that was really nice. I kind of wish I still had one of those now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so now my focus, obviously, you know, classify anything GI Joe, classified ultimates reaction, all of it. I'm buying all of it. Oh, in addition to all the other stuff I get. <laughs> but as far as vintage Joe, my focus is on rebuilding that childhood collection, which I know that's what happens to all of us is that's, that's where we start when to rebuild that childhood collection from 82 to 87. Uh, I am actively looking for a flag. It's going to happen. Uh, but when you come across things that you didn't own that are a good deal or the things you always wanted, well, you're not going to pass them up. So like I bought a mauler a few weeks ago, uh, things like that. I've got a number of figures that I never had when I was a kid that came out after 87 or even 88. I, matter of fact, I've got, uh, the in- Inferno, I think it's like 91 mm-hmm. because now if, if you're, if you're out at Joe Fest or you're out at Toylanta and you're kind of wanting Joe's, but you've bought a lot of what you had when you were a kid already. And you're like, Ooh, what's this cool looking figure for a pretty reasonable price. Like I've got the Ninja Force Zartan because yes. it oh, was, I a- love him. I it's got a, the only Ninja Force figure I like. <laughs> I got a great deal on him at Joe Fest on the patio sale or whatever it is last year. So like, yeah, I'm buying stuff outside of that. But my my focus is that 82 to 87 stuff. And right now, my main, I need a slugger. And I need a, uh, oh, shoot. Uh, who Worms. What is the worms drive? The maggot. The maggot. I need a yeah. maggot and a slugger. Those are like very, very high on my priority list now. And I'm the same way with the 82 to 87. I never started with the filling my childhood collection. This is just filling all the holes that I you know, need to fill right. during those years. Like that's that's kind of my ultimate um, stretch goal is to have every toy produced between 82 and 87. I realize that there's certain things like the uh, the RC uh, car and the actual gliders themselves. That... Yeah, I have zero interest in the crossfire, zero interest cross, in those yeah. gliders. Yeah, that I'm just that there's just no way I'm probably ever going to own those just because of how ridiculously expensive they yeah. are. Yeah. Um the a defiant uh came out in 87. Technically it's in that range, but like I, didn't, I honestly I didn't have no it. interest in the in the in the, in the defiant. Yeah, me either. I I don't uh, I never had it, and I don't. I mean, it looks awesome, and I guess one day when I've run out of things to buy, and I'm like, "Well, there's a Defiant for the pr- that price." I guess I'll get it. I mean, the but figures for the Defiant themselves cost 120 to 150 dollars. Uh, yeah, and see, that's so something I have me, no attachment just, to. Yeah, yeah, for something like that that I don't have enough attachment to. Like right now, I've got one Avac for my uh, that I've had since childhood for my Terradrome. Um, he's not complete, but like just a loose AVAC. It's like, can, can I justify spending $75 on a decent loose figure that doesn't have any accessories? I think a, a, a hundred is my threshold for, because there are a couple of figures that I'll be prepared to spend that on someday, which granted there'll be more than that by the time <laughs> I get there. Maybe. I, like I could justify that for the right figure but but right now i don't know that there are any i don't know i don't know it'll be interesting as time goes on and i fill more and more holes but the problem i'm running into now 
is my vintage collection is getting to the point where I'm running out of space and I'm really going to have to consider putting my 25th stuff in, into a tote. Mm. And I don't want to because the 25th stuff, I've got like a dozen bats and like 20 Cobra troopers. And like, because you could troop build like crazy with that line because they, they were so inexpensive and in general, easy to find. Yeah. What you got there? Oh, this is just, uh, this has been my, my thing lately has just been troop building uh, three and three quarter inch eighties Joe's. So, oh yeah. You, you, you jerk talking about troop building televipers. I bought another televiper from the antique mall in Louisville. Uh, but it was justified because mine, the one that I already had, had a tiny, 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 oh. tiny, almost imperceptible black dot on the nose. Oh, they all do. They've all got that stupid black this dot. This one does not. <laughs> the one that I bought does not. It is. Yep. It's so pristine. I had to check the date to make sure it wasn't like some later release or something. <laughs> well, I've it's, I, I, I've been I've been picking up those when I found them because I found a few at pretty inexpensive prices, both when I was at uh, Toylana a few weeks back and also online. But now I'm like, well, I need to get some loose ones because they got to sit in the little bays in the terror drum and they can't have their accessories if they're sitting there oh, so now i'm just like man picking those up when i when i see them for like 10 bucks holy cow <laughs> so but i the troop builder thing is is kind of one of my weaknesses um <laughs> with the see, classifieds that's, that's where i when i was younger troop build all the way like i probably have between power of the force and then when the vintage collection kind of first started, I probably have close to 50 stormtroopers. Oh yeah. That's yeah. purposes, but I kind of, um, I would say in the last five years or so there, there's my, uh, I know, <laughs> I know the listeners can't see this. Well, and you guys probably can't see it that well either. There's my, I guess you can't call it vintage collection because that's not what it all is, but super articulated three and three quarter inch Star Wars. From the original trilogies. And then all the uh, vehicles hanging up on the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that, so that I... was my main collection for years. How did I have? Okay, there we go. I stick to my guns now as far as troop building no more than three i i like when if i'm if i am troop building which i very rarely do anymore i like in my head a squad is four yeah that's four is the number i usually go for especially for something like i've only got two crimson guards i actually had two more that sat in my pile of loot for so long but i was like yeah but there's still it's going to cost me more to get those and I could buy them right now on pulse. Right. So I canceled, right. I canceled them out of my pile of loot. Um, but I'm also waiting for those Walmart retro ones to come out just to see what they look like. And I might put those in as a couple specialists. My right. rule and is, my rule is two, but sort of what happened with the bats, you know, I had my two and then when they yeah. went on sale and I was like, well, this is a really good deal. Yeah. yeah. I was tempted to buy two more, but I was like, Space is now 
an issue because right. during COVID, I had to downsize and I am in a much smaller house now than I was before. So I give myself wiggle room that if I find a really good deal, I can give into that urge of, of, oh my God, this is a really good deal. And then you got your three, you're done. When do you come up for Dragon Con? Like what day do you get up here? I usually come up the Wednesday. I'm wondering if, if we could get together here. Cause you, you need to see this nonsense. <laughs> I'm wondering if we could get together like the Wednesday before dragon con and just do like quick little record or something. We'll have to talk about that. We'll have to see if we can yeah. plan that out. Uh, okay. So we all love GI Joe figures. We're all collecting various. Uh, well, let me ask you, okay, Noel, zero interest in 25th anniversary style at all yeah i mean i don't really have an interest i bought um some of the because i found these at ross years ago yeah yeah those the big packs that have the talking the little talk boxes yeah on them. yeah well, and i had needs, those everybody needs those but i sold them off and oh then well i, I guess I, not everybody needs and then, well but then i decided i wanted them again <laughs> oh okay so i reacquired them here in the, like the last year and a half just <laughs> i honestly just for those little shelf talkers uh, yes those are amazing yeah because that like i have one on my joe side and i have one on my cobra side Go in there indicate... take those batteries out though because they will corrode yes they will yes they will i need to do that um, um yeah anybody that has those mint in box I got bad news for you, pal. <laughs> um, yeah, those are great. But I mean, even those sets, I wish I had bought extras uh, because mm -hmm. I would love that is something I would like to have mint in box because it's a noteworthy moment in the history of G.I. Joe that those boxes came out. Just like I kept one of the double zero snake eyes mint in box just because it was the start of a new era of Joe. I, I, I wish I had those joe and cobra sets from the beginning of the 25th mm. mint in box I've, I've you know i've got them open but uh so i don't know what it would take because right now i'm very happy with my 25th 50th emmy whatever you want to call it collection i don't really want it to come back because i don't want another thing to collect now we talked about the Haya toys and i'm obviously going to have to get one of those to review but christian like where are you are you at peace with me kind of being done or would you kind of actively like to have it back in some way you might be muted can you hear me now yes okay so i like super articulated figures I, as I have gotten older, I don't like when the articulation sort of impedes the look of the figure. So I'm at peace if 25th doesn't come back. However, that last wave of retro figures. Oh, I know. That Walmart did. If they had gone that route, I would have been all in all over again i would well we we talked about it i was ready to start a new collection 
with that stalker and grunt mm-hmm. uh and the cobra trooper and the cobra officer i guess those were the four the that, officer yeah that were like the new body style mm-hmm. those looked so good um proportionally were better than they'd ever made anything in that scale yep i i was ready for that to be the new thing and then it just ended it was so weird and we thought that they were just being replaced by o-rings and then You're right they and then they weren't done anything with o-rings <laughs> in a year so yeah we don't know what's going on there uh so yeah i will so real quickly, I just want to jump back. I don't yeah, know yeah. if any of our other listeners are like this. <clears throat> so you two are keen on, well, no, not as much because of what you have in your collection. But David's very keen on rebuilding what he had in his toyhood collection. So I'm curious for our listeners, how many of them out there when it comes to those who, like me, I had gotten rid of whatever my younger brother didn't keep, I eventually sold off because I was in, I had the 25th figures, right. Right? right? So now I've dipped my toes back into getting O-ring figures. I don't feel that pull of, I, I have to have this, I have to have this, I have to have this. It really has become when something catches my eye or a really great deal like like scoops was never a figure that i had any interest in and then i got one on ebay for i mean the guy pretty much just put it in an envelope and sent it to (laughs) me um and it's a great figure i've really oh yeah he's he's... so it's more like what catches my eye versus me going okay you know, Flash and Scarlet were like my first two of the right, right. figures. Mm-hmm. So I have to get an O-ring Flash and Scarlet. I would like that, but I don't feel like it's a necessity per se. That's very interesting. And I, I wish I had that outlook. I would much rather, because look, if I'm being honest, for me, baseline, I've got, a, I've got Yojo pulled up here and the stupid flashing ads are, gonna give me an aneurysm uh to me the 82 to 87 figures are almost all equally important and yet i can look at them and recognize like my gosh these 82 figures are are dull but i can't put my emotions aside and just say i don't need those because they're they're just not very interesting figures like the the rock and roll version two is such a like i can't stand his guns but as far as the figure itself it's so much it's such a better toy than the first rock and roll Mm -hmm. but but i can't just use my intellect i it's all about my my emotions and my Sure. what i look at and i'm like oh my gosh i love this guy like uh i don't know, just looking now like blowtorch blowtorch is one goony looking figure <laughs> but i gotta have him 
he's great. He's toy. Well, and he is, I mean, he's very, very toyetic. Uh, you know, one of the earliest examples of like bright colors in GI Joe, which by the way, there are a lot of bright colors in GI Joe between 82 to 87. Like you, you can't get too bent out of shape about the nineties. <laughs> if you look at some of these characters, um, but yeah, if if I could just intellectually look at these and determine which ones I want based on purely what good, interesting figures they were, that'd be awesome. But I can't, I can't do it. Like I've got a Mobat. I don't even like the Mobat. Well, that so that <laughs> is actually ties into my next question. Um, so during your collecting, does your like or dislike of something change to the point where you can look at something and go i don't really like this i can there is someone who is interested in it let's use the mobat as an example sure i can sell him this mobat for x amount and get this figure or get this no No, we do not sell G.I. Joe's in this house. (laughs) Dude, I've got... So, between... I'm sorry. I'm verklempt. So, here, here is how obsessive I am at this point. And, And look, it's... Trauma is not too strong a word for how I feel about losing my childhood collection. Uh, it's ridiculous, but it's there. I, I, uh, it's, it's a fact I am, I am traumatized over the fact that I did not put the effort into keeping and preserving that childhood collection to the point where now I have two, uh, I've got all my extras bagged up in those Mylar bags, uh, <laughs> in little smaller totes and i've got there are some figures i've got three of and i cannot sell them i cannot trade them i cannot get rid of them i cannot bring myself to get rid of gi joes i've got three zartans i've got three of short fuse i've got two of a lot of figures because of how i came across the collections the the one that i got from wilson and then the one that i happened across in that uh junk store and i just ended up with multiples of a lot of figures and i i took them apart took the o-rings out put all the parts in bags and they may sit there until the day i die i cannot bring myself to to sell or trade joe's i can't do it yeah, I've I've got a tote full of man, little mylar bags, all of the Joe figures that are either duplicates or anything beyond eighty-seven, and it's huge. It's a huge bin, but I'm like, like I uh, last time I was at a toy swap, somebody had a complete monkey wrench and he had it for ten dollars and it was in great shape, and I was like, well, I have to buy that. I have a complete monkey wrench. In fact, I probably have more than one, and I'm not gonna resell it but I just have to have it. <laughs> so it goes into that bin. So it's, it's one of those things that I, you know, I'll, I'll buy stuff like that and I'll have duplicates of it because you never know one day my monkey wrench might break. 
might sure. fall off the shelf. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, no, I will I, say I was there for many, many, many years. And um, I think it was when because I got in on DC Direct, obviously on the ground floor. Oh, you were it, talking about stuff breaking when it was very true. <laughs> um, and so because I had this huge DC Direct collection, I did not do the classifieds universe i was so anti six inch figures when they first came out oh the dc the universe classics yeah oh so, see those to me those completely replaced dc direct for right me. so at, when we started carrying loose toys at the comic shop that i worked in someone brought in a collection so i got into the line very late and when i started hunting older figures down it, there were so many trading, uh, you know, I'll give you a DC direct booster gold and blue beetle for your DC classics. Oh, okay. Okay. And it, and I th thought it would be more painful because I know how I was when I was younger, but then I was like, wow. Okay. I still have an, I have a better blue beetle. Yeah, yeah, now. yeah. I have a better booster gold. So I, I sort of do this. I, now, obviously, I have held on to my vintage Star Wars figures from when I was a kid, like all of my my Kenners. But same sort of thing I'm looking at with my Transformers now, <clears throat> where the stuff they're putting out, especially for the studio you know, the Transformers, the animated movie stuff. So now I have my G1 version. I have my classics version. I have the updated, better articulation version. And I'm looking at these three figures going, ah, it's right. Sophie's choice. But mm -hmm. if I can part with X amount of them, to have the money to then go buy yeah 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 gi joe headquarters would i do that strong possibility if i could instantly trade all of my 25th my modern era whatever all of my gi joe stuff for the rest of what i need from vintage i would do it in a second Yeah. Oh, the, the work of that is so hard. That's part of the reason why. Well, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. If if, if somebody yeah. walked in here right now and was like, I've got all the vintage stuff you need in a trailer and I'll just sweep this stuff off the shelf. I'd be like, let's do it. Although then I would lose the weather dominator, the mass yeah, device, yeah. a number of characters. I don't, you know what, now that I'm saying that, I don't know if I would do that because there's a lot of stuff that got produced in the modern right. era that never got made in vintage and i wouldn't want to lose the mass device and the weather dominator and the, and the missile command headquarters well i guess that would be included the original one of those would be included so that would yeah that would work <laughs> itself out um but uh, there's a lot back there that is really cool and special maybe i wouldn't do that the shot. Oh no! I would lose my shockwave. His tank. I don't want that. <laughs> even though it's not. Even though it's a movie. His tank. It's still shockwave. 
Um, all right. So we've we've kind of established where we're at G.I. Joe toy-wise. Uh, you guys know I love G.I. Joe stuff beyond just the toys. I love trash cans, belt buckles, hats, weird plastic like drinking cups, any of that 80s licensed G.I. Joe stuff. If I come across it, you know, f- for the right price. I love that stuff. Are, are you guys into any of that at all? I, I do like that stuff, and I've picked up a few things. I think I've shared a couple times where I I got that like camping set. Yes, um, yes. There was a licensed GI Joe product from like 1986 or 87, and I've got it hanging up on my wall over here. It's just neat to have that kind of stuff. There's actually I am. There's one thing I I don't want to reveal because I want to get it back in my collection and I and, and I'll eventually share it if I do. But there's one thing I had as a child that I really really want to get back again. It was a licensed GI Joe product, and it's just impossible to find them. Oh um, wow! It's, it's it's very very hard to even find them like to Google them. Like there's a million other things that come Ooh. up before the actual thing you're looking for. So interesting. Yeah yeah. So I, I'm I've got part of it still in my collection somewhere but the whole thing is i want to get back oh the one thing like that that is is high on my list like kind of actively looking for uh and i had it when i was a kid i can't remember exactly what it's called it's like a field communication set Mm -hmm. uh it's a big like receiver with a little wired like curly wired communication thing and a walkie-talkie. So you've got like the communication, the big box thing, and then there's a little walkie-talkie also that talks to it. It's basically a walkie-talkie set, except one of them happens to be in a, like a field radio. And I had that when I was a kid. I loved it. I would love to find, I don't need it in the box. I would just like, I would like it to work. Um, But I, I'm I'm actively looking for one of those. And I found them a couple of times, but they're a little more, than I wanted. I think I found one that was mint in box and I don't need that. I just want to have an open working set. I'd like to have that. And I don't know if there's, I can't remember having too much other, I might've had that camping set that you found, but I don't, I don't mm. like if I came across it, maybe I'd get it. I don't know if I had too much other stuff though. I think I had a GI Joe web belt, like with a, a belt buckle on it that just said GI Joe maybe i, I think know. i had one of those too the, is, is this one of the ones that had like the little magnet clasp oh no oh whoa i know I what you're talking about i had another i don't know what it was i had another franchise of that but no this was like a military web belt with oh, like okay the, so actual uh yeah 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 and it had hmm. the gi joe logo on the middle i think I'm not positive this existed, but I think I had that. I know what you're talking about, though, and I cannot remember what license it was that mine was. It wasn't G.I. Joe, though. Mm. Hmm. Christian, any interest in the 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 ephemera of G.I. Joe? When I was younger, I was very much into all of that. Um, I, not so much with G.I. Joe, though. As kids... I was lucky in that my parents were very supportive of the fact that we were into toys. Like a lot of my friends, you know, 
it'd be like they would have a toy line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas we were everything. Um, but they weren't big into whatever was outside of just being an action figure or a vehicle. Right, like so, licensed other things. Right. So it's not like, you know, I never had a the hollow lightsaber or right, right. The, you know, toy guns, nothing like that. It was all action figures, play sets, vehicles. When I started working in comic shops and that kind of stuff started coming through, I never felt like, Oh, I need to have all of it. It really became what has some cool artwork on it. Yeah. Yeah. And with the, when the internet, once I kind of started discovering message boards and stuff like that, where now you're finding people that have scanned this in, and I'm like, oh, when I move, I don't have to carry all this with me. So, <laughs> all so of it's that. neat to see, but no desire to own. Yeah, well, I mean, being a loose collector, by the time the 25th anniversary figures came out, I still loved that package artwork. Yeah. And I got rid of the bubbles i kept the card backs yeah i've got all my card backs are somewhere around here i finally one year because i can see it all online without having to lug it around so i was like go make somebody else happy that has obviously (laughs) way more space than i do (laughs) uh all right so with classified to, to to bring it into the present day I was a completist on classified until they showed those blue ninjas. And that was the <laughs> point that I decided, I guess I'm not buying all of this. Cause I don't care for those figures. They did nothing for me. Uh, I didn't buy them. And now I'm still buying most of it, but like that Marauder barbecue, that was really more for the sake of doing the experiment to see if he would arrive before the <laughs> <Right>. other figures <laughs> than I actually wanted. Although now that I have him in hand, I really, really like the figure. Uh, but I'm very comfortable passing on classified figures if I don't feel them, uh, if I don't find them particularly compelling. And I think you guys are kind of in that same boat. Neither one of you is uh, completist by any means. Well, no, and I wasn't even I wasn't even buying them at first. Right. I was I I had no interest in, in you know starting a new collection. Um I picked up a couple of them when they were like when I found them on sale or whatever. And then it was I I put out I, I, I think it was like I got the when the Destro and the Baroness became available and I was able to like put those like up with my Cobra Commander. Um and then I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to collect the Cobra figures. And then I walked into a Target and I found that breaker on clearance with the RAM and the dam got broken. Um, <laughs> so that's when I was like, all right, well, I'll pick up the others. I'll put the the Joe. But it, I, again, I'm collecting mainly characters from 82 to 87. So like I passed on Big Ben because he wasn't part of my my guys. Oh, um, interesting. OK, that's, passing... that's a good little discipline. I'm passing on Tiger Force stuff because uh, I know I'm going to get the regular figures. So I'll, I'll, my Outback, my Rakondo, my Bazooka will all be the, you know, the original paint schemes. Um, just no interest in having the Tiger Force versions of those. Now, if I find them super cheap, like if they're on a, in a bin for five bucks somewhere, I'm sure I'll pick them up. Right. Um, but same thing with like the the Crimson Bat. 
it's a neat looking toy, but there was no Crimson Bat in 1987 right there was no crimson bat ever well there was the inferno bat but that's this is not an inferno bat yeah so i mean there's there's a couple of exceptions i think like whenever they get around to doing an agent helix i'll probably get that figure because i really like that character and i you know i think they'll do a really good job with that toy yeah um but it it may not display with the rest of my stuff just because it won't really fit the aesthetic of everything else i'm with you with big ben however after we just did that America's Elite, if they release Big Ben in his G1 toy colors, I'm I'm gonna fall. I'm I'm in. Now what is so his G1 colors, what is the difference? Well the one... I, I never had him. All, the only Big Ben I've ever had is the the Arctic, the all white one. The we did the the um the America's lead about him just a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I don't, I yeah. don't remember. It's a little bit more subdued. Yeah, okay. well, I mean, because this is like, we all said, this is like Night Force, Big Ben. I mean, his colors are pretty much, at least from the promotional photos, it's like black and gray. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the G1, it was like, you know, browns and, I don't forest, know. Like a hunter, like a bright, like hunter forest green. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, Going back to the vintage stuff, I can't imagine I will ever care about owning any of the international releases, mainly for price reasons. Like, I love some of those crazy fun school and like Brazil oh, designs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if Super 7 does them uh, in the reaction line, I'm in. Or, or if Hasbro ever gets it together and realizes that they could make a fortune on O-Ring, mm-hmm. I'm in. But, uh, I can't ever see me buying any of those original releases. And what's funny is one of the guys that we met at the uh, Atlanta Vintage Toys show was showing me pictures of just like five of the the silver-headed Brazil thing or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Uh, I was like, oh, my Cobra gosh. This, yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. And, 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 you know, what what an amazing collection to have. But I just can't even imagine spending that much money on something that potentially like is going to fall over on the shelf and break. <laughs> well, and the thing that makes me kick myself is that knowing how affordable those things were 20 years ago, uh, before GI Joe had a resurgence because you could, the Brazilian imports for both like GI Joe and transformer stuff, you could get pretty cheap, still mint on card at one point in time, comparatively to what they are right now. Wow. Oof. Uh, so as far as collecting vintage, and, and I've said this before, my general rule for stuff that I'm buying is what would mine look like if I still had it, mm-hmm. which means I don't need it to be minty. I don't need it to be completely free of damage. I just want to look at it and be like, if I still had the one I had when I was a kid, what would it look like now? Uh, which in general... I've managed to get stuff in pretty good shape. Uh, And I took pretty good care of my stuff when I was a kid, aside from losing the occasional small accessory, apparently, because there've been a few things that I completely did not remember existed. Uh, But so far, Oh, okay. So back when I wrote this, I have not had to make a decision about something with elbow cracks yet, but in Louisville, it turns out I bought a road pig with cracked elbows and did not realize it. 
because uh, I was just caught up in the excitement of the buying a road pig because everything else about this road pig he looks like he's fresh out of the package has no scrapes no paint loss anywhere beautiful color the hair everything just gorgeous but he's got cracked elbows um hmm. where uh where are you guys as far as the condition of anything vintage you might buy i want mine to display well um i'm not like if i if got if i've got like one version of one vehicle and and it's not in the best condition i'll put it on my shelf and then i'll continue hunting for one that's better i had my childhood thunder machine um you know displayed for years that has you know some stress marks and of course the antenna was broken off and um i toy department at one of the cons the last day of course they only take cash and that usually means that if you're (laughs) there on if you're there on sunday afternoon you can usually throw a few things in a pile and say how about this much and they'll give it to you so i got a you know thunder machine in like you know almost pristine perfect condition complete for a lot less than they usually go for so i replace so you know I'll, i'll upgrade over time but i'm also like i've got i've got some figures up on my shelf that aren't complete um you know most of them i try to get them up there complete but if you know if if, if it's a figure i know is going to cost me a fortune to complete it i'm fine with sitting it up on the shelf missing a you know missing a couple of accessories that's what i was trying to think of earlier is the one that i know i'm gonna have to spend 100 bucks on uh the that secto viper at some point i'm gonna have to get it and i'm gonna spend 100 bucks more than 100 bucks on that i know i am yeah i I don't need it to be met, but I don't want wobbly joints because I do want it to be able to a figure to stand on their own. See, I don't mind if it's wobbly as long as I can put it on a stand and it stands up. Yeah. Mm. I would rather it not be. Don't get me wrong, but I've got some some loosey goosey you know you shake them and yeah. the legs go yeah. i've got a couple like that but it, they stand up on a stand so i'm okay with it when it comes to accessories i put them up there the same sort of way that i do with vehicles and playsets, and that i'm really really patient yeah which is weird because i'm not patient in any other <laughs> aspect of my life but eBay has sort of taught me that if I everything will come around at some yeah. point yeah, yeah. at the price that I'm looking for. So if like hypothetically, if you know I came across a really good deal on a G1 Baroness and it's just her, I'm gonna buy her. And then if I, you know, if I come across the gun or the backpack later on, fantastic. Um, but if it is a character, like let's say dial tone, I'm going to make sure he has that backpack. He may not have any other accessories, but when I think of dial tone, I think of him with that big backpack. So right, right. got to at least have that. But then with vehicles, if I, if I can't get them complete, like I got a phenomenal deal on a whirlwind because it was missing the two top covers for the ammo. Oh yeah. And I had that same sort of mentality that you did, you know, when I was a kid, 
<laughs> that's the kind of stuff that always got lost. It doesn't take away from my enjoyment of it. And if I ever find them at a really good deal, awesome. I'll finish it. But like my Wolverine uh, is complete minus the tow cable, which is like, you know, 99% of the Wolverines out there. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't affect from its display at all. So it's not a piece that I feel like I need to track down. Yeah, well, like heavy metals microphone. There's there's no way I'm ever going to own one of those unless I just completely luck into one. Um, because it's a piece that's a tiny piece of plastic that goes for like a hundred and something dollars on its own. And I, I I can look at my heavy metal and it doesn't bother me that he's not sitting there with this piece of this tiny piece yeah. of plastic. Yeah. That is, you know, that's one of the rarest piece in all of G.I. Joe. That's how my scoops was. It was listed as complete. And again, I never owned it. So it's not like I knew. And then when I was putting him together, I was like, why does he have this hole in the side of his helmet? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So when I looked online, I was like, oh, there's a microphone. I'm good. Yeah. 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 And that's that's kind of where I am. If. Well, one, if I don't remember a specific accessory, then I, I really am not that worried about having it or not. Uh, but I will say. If. I'm not as comfortable as you are with buying things that don't have all of the parts that I feel I need to have because it has become such a problem to find parts mm. like just yeah. parts. It is in almost every instance better to go ahead and just pay for a complete one. If you care about having the parts than to try and track them down later. Uh, to to me, it's just worth it to go ahead and just get a complete one, or or one that has everything that I needed to have. Mm. Uh, let's see here. We talked about accessories. Okay, so that this this kind of le- goes with what we were just talking about. For example, I recently bought a Zanzibar without a pistol because I didn't remember him having a pistol. <laughs> Uh, if I find a pistol, cool. If I don't, whatever. But I've got the I've got the skiff. I've got the the hammer and the whatever the other thing is. Uh, I've got everything except the pistol. And the Zanzibar is in phenomenal shape. The top knot is nice and like clean. It's not all spazzed out like yep. so many of them are. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm good. This is fine. Now, where do you guys come down on reproduction accessories? I actually am. Uh, I've got a bunch of eels repro parts in a cart on eBay because <laughs> I know that if I want complete eels, because I'm a troop builder, I'm going to pay a fortune. Yeah. Um, but I've got a bunch of loose ones that are in decent shape. And uh, you know what? I'm not I'm not above spending 15 bucks on a on a set of repros. Um, because if it, you know, if it looks fine on the shelf, that's all I care about. That's exactly where mm-hmm. I'm at. I'm not, I'm not reselling these ever. I've already established. I'm not reselling anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I've, I've got a crimson guard rifle. That's a repro. I've got, uh, I've got a number of things that 
I, I, I don't care at all. I just want to have the uh, Destro, Destro's pistol. And look, uh, repros are only going to get better and better. That's I right. Mean, we we see what 3D printing can do now. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, we're going to be buying repro figures before too much longer. Well, I mean, th- that's what Black Major's been doing, and they sell for sometimes more than the the original figures do. So yeah, it's uh, I, I've got no problem with that. Now, obviously, if people are selling them, they need to be very clear about it. Uh, it is important to the market that right. people are honest about that kind of thing. But for my personal collection, I'm fine with it. I, c- I could care less if something's original or, or repro, uh, as long as I know what I'm buying. Right. Uh, so as, as far as the market, where you prefer to get things, in general, I'm pretty patient and prefer buying in person, whether it's at Toy Lanta or Joe Fest or, or Second Chance Toys. Uh, it's also nice to be able to just hold it in your hand before you yes, make that decision. Yes, yes, but Well, and, and even though you will occasionally miss cracked elbows on a road yeah. pig, I still don't understand how I miss that. Uh, but every once in a while, I get an itch for something and I have to buy it online. Um, but mostly I look at this as a hobby I'll be pursuing for the rest of my life. So there's no real urgency to many things. Although, like I said, this the slugger and the maggot, I got a real itch for those right now. But I can't find either one of those complete in decent condition online right now. Hmm. All the sluggers, That's this one thing about the slugger. Oh, this one expletive deleted on Mercari <laughs> keeps relisting one uh, with the wrong driver. It's missing the gun and the hatch, but he keeps relisting it as a complete slugger, like over and over. Because, you know, Macari, I guess people just relist things so they keep showing up in the top of the feed. And this one idiot with a slugger that's like in not in great condition just keeps popping in there. But, yeah, I can't I can't find one with the gun. Hmm. Or at least not for the price that I think it should be like. I'm not paying I'm not paying one hundred and twenty five dollars for a slugger. And I've right. already got Thunder. I only need the Slugger. So I think probably Toy Department at Joe Fest is where I'm going to end up getting that. Yeah, and that's uh, got the maggot that I've got. I got at Toy Department. Yeah. So uh, I'm, No I'm, uh, no Worms figure, but uh, I bought one, you know, online. He's missing, of course, the, the microphone. Again, another. Or uh, yeah, whatever. Or the little antenna. antenna or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but. I I don't need it, and if if I want it bad enough, I'll go look for a repro. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and that's probably with vehicles. I don't necessarily. Well, one, I've got most of the pilots from the collections that I uh, I obtained. Uh, but I I don't mind buying a vehicle without the driver. I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, this is partially, um, one of the things I'm looking forward to for Joe Fest because. I, again, spent so many years between working at comic shops, producing events for anime conventions, working conventions. Um, I sort of got burned out. And I would say, actually, yeah, probably about 2012, 2013, when I quit Bad Apple Comics, um, I stopped going to all the conventions for Dragon Con. I was just like, I need a, a break. And so yeah, yeah. anything, 
anything vintage has been either online purchases or hearing about, oh, hey, there's this person. I know somebody who has this they want yeah. to sell. Um, <clears throat> so I'm kind of excited to be able to get back to a show where, yeah, you can put your hands on it. Because I used to tell people, <laughs> you know, oh, man, the vendor's rooms at Dragon Con. Amazing, amazing, amazing. It's still amazing, but I think it's all newer stuff now. Yeah. And I know last year we did our last lap Monday morning and I happened across a booth that had like some spy troop stuff. And even then when I was looking at it, I was like, my God, I just don't like the way these figures are designed. (laughs) But I was standing there questioning it because I'm like, but it is Joe. It's the first Joe stuff I've seen at Dragon Con. I feel like since, you know, the early the early years of going you just don't see vintage stuff like you used to yeah it's uh so so basically what you're saying is we're going to need to film you walking into the dealer room at joe fest (laughs) and just that's gonna be like a whole needless things segment is is because i am i am one of those that with some of the toy lines that i have collected um, uh, like the Jim and the Holograms line. When you start getting into the second year of their stuff, it is so rare and so incredibly expensive. Yeah, and that yep. sort of taught me set a price point in your head because you know what you're willing to pay for it, and you don't budge. And yes, it took me years in some cases to piece stuff together unless I found a good deal on something that was complete, but I can walk. If I walk into the show again, if I see a great deal, fantastic. But if the slugger is one of my Holy grails for this year and in my head, I go the price is X I'll be able to walk by if they're not willing to, Oh, I'm just talking the about the excitement of you being in the middle of all oh, of these actual yeah, vintage okay. toys, though, because okay, it is sorry. it is a thrill <laughs> to, to go in that room and see all of that stuff. I'll be um, tossing you, my shipwreck hat in the air like Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> yes, you bring up a good point, though. That is why it is important, even if you're not buying. That's why it's important to always kind of be perusing eBay and Mercari and online to know what the pricing is for stuff and to know what your threshold is and what you should be expecting. So you got to stay on top of that and watch for those trends because like, you know, I'm looking at certain things like this. Yeah. I recently acquired a Terradrome, but you know, I'd been kind of poking around and a couple years ago, you get a complete Terradrome for about half of what they go for now on eBay. Like those have gone up quite a bit. Some some items have just rocketed, and th- there's some things that have flattened out some just because the Joe market got a little crazy. Um, but it's well, it's the pandemic. Kind of- every every vintage toy line went crazy during the pandemic, and yep. some prices have come down a little bit now. Uh, and I think they will continue to. But yep. yeah, it's you got to be aware of what things are going. For. Well, but things like things like the Terradrome or the flag. Those are going to keep going up because there are parts, especially if you're looking for one complete. Oh, yeah. They're only going to keep breaking. Yeah. 
and especially with the, those little those little pins that hold the deck together on the flag unless you're willing to accept repros you're you're not going to find a lot of those left right right uh all right well i think uh we have kind of laid out our collecting habits uh that was a great conversation but it's time to wrap this show up This is Knowing is Half the Babble, where each of us gets a little bit of time to talk about anything we want that may not even be G.I. Joe related. And I'm going to kick it off because, boy, howdy, is mine not G.I. Joe related at all. (laughs) I am going to talk about on Mattel Creations, they currently have a crowdfunding effort for a WWE Ultimate Edition WCW Monday Nitro entrance stage. I need to talk about this thing because I have nowhere else to talk about it because I don't do a needless things podcast anymore. <laughs> uh, Noel, you know, this WCW, my, that nitro era is my favorite wrestling in the whole world. Yep. Uh, I just, all, all of my favorite stuff, diamond Dallas page, uh, the Steiner brothers, Harlem heat, Ray Mysterio, Chris Jericho, Dean Malenko, he who shall not be named all mm-hmm. of these, uh, awesome matches, fun times, lots of cheese, but lots of incredible wrestling. I love the Monday night wars, nitro era. It's, it's my biggest soft spot in wrestling and Mattel is creating a monday nitro entrance stage that is one of the most incredible toys i've ever seen in my life i did see it and if it wasn't a crowdfunding thing i would be all about it it is amazing uh so it is it has led lights at the entrance just like the actual stage um they have six different sequences that they light up to uh it has cloth banners it has the wcw logo it's incredible it's unbelievable and i want to own this thing so badly but to me mattel has done such a poor job of designing this crowdfund uh so the stage the initial offering is the stage with an ultimate edition ray mysterio figure uh now there was an early bird figure of hulk hogan a wcw hulk hogan that looks very very similar to another ultimate hulk hogan that they've already released that i had very little interest in because to me a wcw hulk hogan is going to have like the long tights and uh, just this is not the look that i necessarily associate with wcw hogan uh well and mostly it would be hollywood hogan but i've already got an ultimate of that uh so if you back this right now and it makes it to 5,000 backers, you are paying $400 just for this stage and this Rey Mysterio figure that I could completely do without. I could never care if I ever see this figure again. <laughs> if it makes it to 7,000 backers, 
you get a Diamond Dallas Page Ultimate figure that is exactly like a Diamond Dallas Page Elite that I already have on my shelf over there. Now, the Ultimate's a better figure. Sure, it's not $400 better. Don't need this DDP. If it makes it to 9,000 backers, you get an Ultimate Edition Big Papa Punk Scott Steiner First time in the line, they just signed the Steiners, which, boy, that timing is unfortunate. We're not going to get into that. Uh, But Scott, oddly enough, is the one who is still okay for public consumption. I definitely want this Scott Steiner figure. However, we know they're going to release other Scott Steiner figures. And then finally, if it makes it to 11,000 backers, you get Ultimate Warrior in jeans which is his first appearance on Nitro. Uh, honestly, not a, not, a, not a bad call for a figure. If all five of those figures had been included and the stage, I could justify $400 because these ultimate figures, when they are exclusives, are 40 bucks a piece. So we're talking about $200 worth of figures, $200 for this incredible stage. I could have justified that. Even though I don't want the figures, price-wise, I could have made it work, and I would have turned around and sold the figures and probably made more than 40 bucks a piece on them. Not a problem. But the possibility that I would spend $400 and only get that Rey Mysterio figure that I don't even want, I'm out. This is just not... I, I feel like Mattel really flubbed this one, made some some bad choices because... This stage is irresistible to me, but the way that they've packaged it makes it impossible for me to justify. Looking at this package, what do you guys think of it? The same thing. Like I, I love it. I'm not into um, American wrestling figures. I looked at it and I was thinking, what a great display for my Kanuki Mon figures. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I'm not going to shell out that kind of money for a display piece. And the cool thing about this is it's modular. So you can actually shrink that size down. You can remove some of the panels in the front to make it less deep. You can like, you can mess with it to make it fit your, it doesn't have to be this big. I, I totally appreciate toy companies when they do these crowdfunding things, trying to go what they think is the extra mile. But I do, especially with McFarland putting out that six inch scale Batmobile at 75 bucks. Like I think there's a little bit more common sense that, that you don't necessarily need the LEDs and some of that other stuff where you can bring the price point down. See, those are the LEDs are a big selling point for me. It's really just the price and the way that they set it up. If they had just said, give us $400 for all of this, it would be at 11,000. Now I think Mm. I I don't think anybody would have hesitated to just shell out $400 for these five, for the five figures and the stage. I, I I think it would be a done deal, but uh, they they did it the way that they did it, and it's a pass for me. Yeah, I mean I don't collect any wrestling toys at all. Um, 
it's a really cool looking figure, but yeah, I don't know if uh even if I were collecting, if I could justify four hundred on it. No. No, not not for this selection of uh, yeah, I don't know, not no. not for the way that they've structured it. Right, right. Not not with just, you know, that basic level. <laughs> not knowing you may end up with just a Ray Mysterio you <laughs> right. don't need. Uh all right. Uh Christian, what uh, is your babble this week? Uh so recently it came out. We are Fast approaching in 2024, the 10-year anniversary of Teen Titans Go. Uh, oh, wow. Who would have thought that show would last so long? Uh, I was a huge uh, Teen Titans fan, uh, one of my favorite comic teams of all time. I actually do really enjoy the show, but my babble is, even if you dislike the show, I cannot recommend the movie Teen Titans Go to the movies enough it's so it good. is up there with mask of the phantasm of one of my favorite superhero movies of all time it is so funny so well written the the lion king spoof when the flash pops his head up eating the grass it still makes me literally laugh out loud after seeing it so many times so yeah that check it out I, I agree 100% that movie is tr- it, it is one of the finest animated comedies ever made uh, alright Noel what is your babble mine is uh, I mean not not even at all remotely Joe related uh, but um, I actually aside from starting a G.I. Joe podcast as a pandemic project uh, back in 2020 uh, my wife and I started uh, finishing our um carport uh it's concealed carport it it had like sliding glass doors all the way around it so it was a it was a fully encapsulated room when we bought the house um we started converting it into what she would call a tropical room bar room and i was like we're building a tiki bar so so so, uh, over um the course of the last couple of years that's been a project for us acquiring things putting up you know the decor and everything finally um uh decided here recently that uh, i'm going to put it on a a tour of tiki homes uh, home bars um it's a, a local atlanta um convention slash bar tour called inohele that has been doing this for oh, like yeah, last five yeah. or six years so yeah. uh so yeah this is going to be like our our big unveil uh coming up in just a month and a half it's coming up on may 20th is the date that this is all happening and um yeah, we're going to have like 60 to 65 of the, the biggest tiki snobs in the metro Atlanta area coming in and uh, mocking our bar, I'm sure. <laughs> That's but, uh, it's but like no, it's, walking it's gonna... into the Mandalorian Mercs booth in your homemade <laughs> Mandalorian costume at Dragon Con. <laughs> Uh, but no, we're we're looking forward to unveiling it. We've been doing some uh, some some remodels here recently, putting up some stuff we acquired uh, here over the last uh, few months. So we're really looking forward to that and uh, and and showing it off. Nice. Well, it's nice to have interests outside of GI Joe. You know, believe it or not, every once in a while I think of things other than uh, <laughs> Cobra Commander. Al- although 
the music from Sunbow is always running in the back of your head. It, it kind of is. Even when I put on like Exotica <laughs> and surf music while I'm in there, all I can hear is, you know, easy action is actually playing in Noel's head. All right. Well, you guys, uh, thank you for once again, sitting down talking about GI Joe. Our music is by Andy Samford of electric You can follow us on, instagram at audible interlude podcast and on twitter at gi joe audible noel why don't you tell us a little bit about the finest the finest is an international gi joe costuming group and so if you've ever thought about dressing up like your favorite gi joe character or gi joe adjacent character um you can check out the finest cc.com or the finest recruitment center uh join up and help us raise money for a great organization called canines for warriors and Christian, tell us where we can find that figure photography you do so well. You can find me on Instagram under the name Legion Cub. You guys, we've had another wonderful conversation about G.I. Joe and other things. The only thing left to say is, yo, Joe. Cobra. Cobra. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.